When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Well, welcome to this episode of Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. Uh, I am delighted today to share uh, with you a colleague who we were both on a Christian summit, um, a Christian speaker's summit. You know, it was really interesting because you know, it's so nice to to be in a, you know, in a room of like-minded people who are all looking to serve others. And that's what made that summit so powerful. And and why I asked our next guest, Andrew Rappaport, to join us. He is the executive director of Striving for Eternity Ministries and the Christian Podcast Community. He's also the host of several other podcasts, uh, Andrew Rappaport's Rap. Report. Boy, that's a mouthful of ours. Andrew Rappaport's Daily Rap Report, um, Apologetics Live. And so you want to be a podcaster. <laughs> I love that. So I would like to welcome Andrew to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I got stuck with the name Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report. I originally, I thought it was, it sounds corny. That's that was my conclusion. But one of our board members thought it sounded brilliant. It was obviously his idea. And I was at a conference with a whole bunch of guys and I was trying to convince him this sounds corny, thinking everybody was going to agree with me. And everyone was like, Oh, I love it. You should do that. So originally we just called it rap report and yeah. it's rap with two Ps. But I was getting email from the very first episode going, This has nothing to do with rap music. So right. I added my name so get the pun. You know, right. it's a play on the name. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think about, but it's, it's rapping. a podcast. Yeah, no, I didn't either. It was the furthest thing from my mind because I don't listen to hip hop or rap or actually any music for that matter. So it, it didn't dawn on me at all until we got an email of someone very angry. And because he, I guess he thought it was about rap music. And all we talked about was biblical interpretations and applications for the Christian. And that yeah. was not what he was looking for. Oh, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe because I'm reading it, I, I referenced the two P's in there and I thought, oh, this is really cool. I love that. But thank God you have a name that you can do things like that. I, you know, I don't always have that. I mean, I definitely don't have that. I have duplessis. So the, the closest thing we have is super duper soups and scoops and dupes. And <laughs> that's about all we get to do with my. It could be worse. I have a friend of mine, his, his real name is Matt Slick. Now he's a reverend. So oh, the funny thing is 
I, I'll always, I always go, well, let's, let's ask Reverend Slick. And he's like, oh yeah, that, that's who you trust. Reverend Slick on the radio, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so he has a radio program, but he'll, he'll even say that. He's like, yo, you could trust me. I'm Reverend Slick. And the funniest thing was he was actually in studio with a Mormon that they were discussing Mormonism. And the guy thought Matt Slick was a made up show name for the radio. Oh, wow. And the guy... Yeah, so so became, literally on air, the guy's like, what's your real name? And he's like, Matt Slick. And like, no, really. So Matt actually took out his driver's license. And, oh. and he's like, oh, oh, it really is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're given what we're given, you know, and that's that's how it goes. So, yeah, it's crazy. I had a friend named Neil O'Neill. And I said, what's your middle name? He said, oh, <laughs> Because his name, it was literally N-E-I-L, O apostrophe N-E-I-L. His name was Neil O'Neill, and he had no middle oh. name at all. Oh, wow. Okay. None. He just well, called. I, the worst The worst I knew is I had a friend that I knew years and years and years ago, Mike Berger, and oh, he geez. named his son Ham. Oh, my gosh. Why? Why would That's you like do the this boy named Stu. <laughs> yes. His his wife was pregnant. And he was he was saying if it's a girl, I'm gonna name her cheese. And I was like, don't do your kids are going to hate you when they grow up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, what some parents do to their kids. Oh, my goodness. I yeah, I mean, we're very yeah, we have to always be careful about that. That's for sure. So let's talk about you for a few minutes. I know that um, you know, you have the Christian podcast community. So tell us a little bit about the podcast community. Um, just so we get a sense of who you are. And then I'm going to ask you some other questions about breaking through glass ceilings. Yeah. So the Christian podcast community is where, and I know this sounds crazy for Christians to actually like work together. I know, I know that seems crazy, but uh, we just, we just thought that the, the number one way that Christian, well, any podcast grows is through the one of the largest is being on either someone else's podcast or, being advertised on someone else's podcast. And we were like, you know, why don't we get a whole bunch of people together that we could work together, advertise each other, promote one another, help one another. You know, we, we do a podcast together. We do a theology throwdown. So we get to know one another. We go to conferences together. So a lot of things that we just try to do to help one another out. And it was just an idea of let's get everyone who's already doing podcasts to do that. And so we've, we've grown, we have about 50 or 60 podcasts now. And when you look at those and we vet them, we only accept about 30 or 40% of the podcasts that apply. So we have a doctoral statement and things like that, but we want to make sure everyone's on, on board. They're not just looking for downloads because yeah. it doesn't, it, it just work well if you're yeah. just looking for downloads. So we, we kind of disciple them and help them and, Everyone works together really well and we have a, a, a good time, but we have, you know, I don't, I don't know numbers too well. I think, I think last time I was told like 4 million downloads or something like that on oh the, goodness. on the community yeah. Yeah. Uh, amongst the, the, yeah, the collective, podcasts, yeah, the collective podcasts. of them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and, and that doesn't count everybody, by the way, yeah. that, I don't, that only counts host with us yeah. because we allow for affiliates. So not everyone's hosted with us. Right. So we don't have their stats. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I belong to one, um, a real estate industry syndicate, you know, affiliation and, and organization like that too, where everything is real estate or mortgage, you know, the same, the same type of thing. And we really do help each other. We interview each other back and forth and, you know, do some swapping, you know, just to help everybody. And then we also share our guests too, you know, so if I've had a guest, that's really great. I'm like, oh, you need to have this guest on your show and your show and your show and your show, you know, right. And so that makes it really easy for just not having to look for guests. And although I've been doing this so long now that, that, um, you know, I don't, I'm never at a loss for guests. It's a good thing. You know, it's really a good thing. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So let's talk about your, your path, your journey, you know, in your life, because this path, this podcast is called success to significance and not that you have to be successful and now you're significant, but the path, that whole entire path, right. The recognition of wanting to get back, wanting to serve others. And then some of the glass ceilings that you've had to break through, um, give us a little bit about what that story is like, that storyline of breaking through. Well, the first glass to break through would have been when I was still a teenager, because a lot of my path is that I grew up in a Jewish home and I became a Christian at 16. And I knew once oh. my parents found out, I had yeah. every expectation they were going to have a funeral with an empty casket. And right. I was turned 18. They discovered I was a Christian and they, they discovered it without, when I was out of town. And so when I got home, everyone was cleared from the house. I think everyone knew that there might be fireworks. I don't know if my siblings knew exactly what was going on, but uh, everyone was gone and which was eerie. And I, my parents sat me down. They told me they went casket shopping that day. And there were some things that happened in the house they dis in our family at the time that my dad said we we decided not to do that, and so th that you know that severed the for the most part the relationship I had with my family. I still had a relationship, but it's really once a year we get together for Thanksgiving. Very rarely outside of that uh, relationship with my parents became very strained for many years. In, in fact. Uh, it's it's doing better now, but only because, well, now it's going to be about eight years ago, I tried to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with my, you know, with my father, who didn't take it well. And it, he was, what, 72 years old at the time? And he stood up, and he was a Golden Gloves boxer in the in the Army. So at 72, he still had a really good right hook. And so uh, that's how that one turned out. And so, you know, I'm known for doing a lot of evangelism. I travel around the world. I do evangelism wherever I go. I speak at, at conferences and things, but I'm always evangelizing. And people always ask me, have you ever been hit when sharing the gospel? Have you ever been beaten up on it? And I always say only by my mother at 18 when she found out. And now I could say my father when I was 47. So um, <laughs> we that really strained our relationship for two years. And what, and this is just God's providence. So this is the kind of the success in, in our, my family relationship. My father had given part of our, his, the, our inheritance to all the kids. And my wife just, just talking to my father and thanking him because, you know, this, the things he's done, it helped me put my kids in college and things like that. And she's just mentioning how when she and I first met, she got food for me. And I just happened to hear that walking by. And I just turned to her and I said, I'm like, oh, honey, 
um, dad never knew I was homeless. And she's like, oh, I wasn't going to share that. And I just walk on like no big deal. Yeah. And yet here's, now you have to understand my father, he donates about a million dollars a year to charities. Okay. So I come from a family that has money. And for him to have the resources and realize his son was homeless and never went to him. Mm-hmm. He he realized the division that was within our relationship. And he he sat us down, uh, my wife and I, <clears throat> along with my mother, and just, you know, was was broken. And yeah. so he's ever since then, he's been trying to restore that relationship and build it. And uh, it was kind of set back when my mother died. And my wife and I really felt it important that before she dies, we share the gospel with her. And so he didn't talk to us for a few weeks after that. But we've we've recovered from that. And that's the thing is, I mean, this is, you know, for, for people that are listening, especially if, if people are from a Christian home with family that that where they have a similar situation and they go, oh, like, how could I ever my, you know, there's just no relationship there. I kept working at that relationship, never giving up, always praying for them, uh, you know, hoping that they would come to Christ uh, doesn't always happen that way. But I I was able to see some of that relationship restored, never like it may have been, but that's why we don't give up praying. We don't give up on, on these things because we never know when God's going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful story. I'm still hooked. I'm still kind of hooked on this casket situation. I didn't know that that's what happened in the Jewish community that they actually buy caskets, <laughs> that it's so I mean, that's what's confusing for me is that God, God, aside from Jesus, knowing that they're all three together, right? The God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but, but God doesn't, you know, doesn't want us to judge people. And yet there's that judgment there that that's amazing to me that someone would judge that, that critically to do something like that. It just doesn't seem godly, not Christian, godly. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I, I mean, if there's like such an ingrained faith of God, that does not make sense, you know, to me, to me at all, that someone would would do that. Um, so so tell us a little bit about your um, and I'm sorry you were homeless, by the way, as well. Tell tell me a little bit, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh about what you're doing in the striving for eternity community. Cause I know that you're are you having events? Are you um, you know, offering for people to come to retreats and just dig deeper into their Christian faith? What what is happening with with that particular arena so that we can share that message to people? Yeah, we we had shifted our focus. A little bit. And that, that what we did was we used to do conferences and we'd travel around and do our own conferences, host them. <clears throat> we realized that it what ends up happening, unfortunately, within Christendom, within churches, a lot of churches won't work with other churches afraid of, oh, they may take our people. Hmm. It's it's frustrating, but it happens. And so we kind of shifted our focus. Our our realization was that as a parachurch ministry, we're a discipling ministry. We want to teach people how to disciple. We want to disciple them. We want to give them resources to disciple. And we do a lot of different ways of doing that. Podcasting is just one of the ways we disciple people. And as Striving Fraternity, we disciple the the podcasters so they can then disciple their audience. So we're not trying to get everyone to follow us. But we ended up noticing that most of the parachurch ministries 
we'll not go and help smaller churches. Hmm. Now, think about this. The average size church in America is 75 people. Wow. That yeah. actually may have yep. shrunk with COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, go and think about all of these mega churches with thousands and tens of thousands of people. It tells you that there are many, many more. There's thousands of churches that have maybe 25 people and they're struggling. And that poor pastor is having to work bivocational. He's trying to hold down a job to pay bills, but then get a sermon, do any counseling that comes up and funerals and everything else. He doesn't have time to really into discipling people and resources for that and training. He just doesn't have it. And what, what's he going to do? Well, he, the choice he has is to send his people to some other conference that doesn't help. So Mm -hmm. what we decided was we have monthly supporters that help us to be able to do this, but we target those churches. We target churches that can't afford to have the big name people come out. And we go and we'll come in for a weekend and we train people. We have a lot of different seminars we do, how to interpret the Bible, evangelism, apologetics. We'll we'll deal with specific topics like social justice, or we had we used to have one of our speakers is one of Georgia's leading experts on on sexual crimes. Not the thing you want to be an expert on, but he counsels yeah. seven hundred convicts a week. Uh, and has all daughters. I don't like that's the part that drives it. Like, how do you, after listening to what these guys do to women, go home? Right. He's like, that's why I work over two hours from. <laughs> I, I don't want anyone I'm ca- I have to counsel to be my home. But he would teach churches how to recognize the the grooming techniques because most people think, oh, we do background checks and that that covers it. And he freaks people out and saying, yeah, you know. N- when you do a background check, you're going to miss about 90% of the sexual predators. Yeah. yeah. And they will do dozens of crimes before they're finally caught. So background checks are almost useless for churches. And, and so we would do topics like that just to help families, parents to be able to recognize how to spot grooming. So a lot of different topics that we do to help train up a church, get them what, whatever it is they need. We try to work on those type of seminars to, to help them out so that they can train up their folks. Now, do they have time to write those, the, all the studies and put that stuff together? No, the, the typically those pastors don't. Right. So we do that. Sometimes we'll, we'll bring in conferences to some of those churches and help them out. And then, and then what we try to do is say, okay, we, we want to get them started to, to disciple each other and, and get that ball rolling so that it's, they don't lay it all on the pastor's feet to do. So that's a big part of what what we're trying to do. We we disciple through books we write. Uh, we we have an online academy that's free. That's how we make our money. Wait, wait, that didn't work out right. Yeah, we we offer it free. Um, and if you go to org, you can go to the academy. We have courses on how to interpret the Bible, systematic theology, how to disciple world religions. So all of that's free. We we make the money by selling syllabuses. And yeah. the reason we made it free is because there's there are pastors that have never had opportunity to, to go to seminary. We had a pastor in Chile, some in China, that there is no seminary. Yeah. And they're able to take our courses because all they need is internet and English, and they can watch it and then train their people. So we didn't want money to be an issue. Right. So that's why we did we did it the way we did it. Yeah. I love, I love that you're doing that. I actually need to connect you with a colleague of mine who provides, he does um, some, I don't know how to, let me just see if I can describe it. 
it's uh he helps small churches get grants for the money that they need to do their ministry. And it's a very specific thing. So, you know, most people know about 501c3s and stuff like that. This is called a 508 something. I just can't remember the rest of it, but it's 508. But that's specifically what they do is they help um, churches get funding, get get grants and funding. There's tons of money out there available for churches. But, you know, the, the pastors are so wrapped up in in a good way. They're so wrapped up in taking care of their flock so to speak, that, you know, they don't, they're not, uh, they're not business people, right? They're spiritual people. And so they, they, uh, you know, don't know what to ask for. You know, they, they don't like asking, you know, they, they say, you know, please support us, please support us. But they feel funny doing it because really all they want to do is help you. Um, and, and he helps bridge that gap to give them some, um, financial support. So I definitely want to introduce you to him so that you can, share with all of, you know, these, I didn't know that statistic. I'm surprised he's never told me that statistic because we have talked about, you know, the business of running a church. You still have to have the business of doing it. Um, it's not just serving everybody, but if it's going to survive, you've got to have something there. So it's kind of interesting that you say that. I love, I love the work that you're doing and, and um, I thank you so much for the re free resources, you know, so for those who are listening can say, yeah, you know, I want to tap into my knowledge of uh, Christianity, you know, further, deeper in a way that, you know, would help me. So I think that's, that's absolutely beautiful. What is, what does the future look like for you? What are you all trying to, you trying to do, or your organization trying to do to continue to break through more ceilings, you know, in the years to come? I've never had a plan. <laughs> I really haven't. <laughs> I, the way Striving Journey started I was pastoring a church. It was a Chinese church. I was the English pastor. The We didn't really have a Chinese pastor. And it just got to a point where I knew they needed someone that could do both. We couldn't afford two pastors. Mm -hmm. So when I stepped away from the church, so that they, and, and they ended up getting someone that, that could do that role. But as long as I was there, they weren't looking. And that was the problem. Right. Uh, so... I stepped away thinking I'll find another pastorate and I ended up being asked to speak everywhere. I became very well known in the, in the Chinese community at first. And so I was traveling every weekend to different churches, speaking at the church. And then it became, can I do a weekend conference? And mm -hmm. for years, I, that's what I was doing. Never. Yeah. I had no plan to be a speaker at other churches. I, I would be asked at other times, but I, I had my church. That's where my focus. So I always turned them down. Now I, I didn't have a reason to turn them down, but I've always been about discipleship. And one of my board members was like, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of time discipling. Would you, what if you just recorded it and put it online for people that became our Academy? I didn't plan it. It was just, yeah. it made sense. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. do that. Wanted to train people to evangelize and, uh, Two of my friends, we got together and said, why don't we just do a conference, get some well-known speakers in so people would come in and we train them to evangelize them and take them right out on the streets and do it. And we started doing that. We'd have hundreds of people coming in, getting trained. I mean, it, it is a neat experience when you have a couple of hundred Christians like on the Jersey shore evangelizing all the New Yorkers that are coming in. You know, we would do this in Ohio and, and California, elsewhere. And, and train people, and you have a couple hundred people out on the streets evangelizing, it actually makes it really easy when you yeah. do that. There's just some, we, oh, let's do this. So that's, we did that. 
and and little by little we kept adding more and adding more adding the the seminars adding books adding podcasts adding the podcast community i i never had a plan for any of it it's just it seems that the Lord just keeps saying, okay, here you go. Why don't you do this? Right, right. And I'm usually, for, for me, it's usually, uh, I don't think I'm good at that, Lord. Can you give it to someone else? <laughs> and then we start doing it. So I don't really have a plan other than to continue with the, our core, which is discipling Christians. If there's anything that I would think of as a plan, and what I'm trying to work on now is something to help Christians in what I perceive they need for the coming generation, or maybe this generation is persecution in America. Most American Christians have no concept of what persecution is. I, Growing up Jewish after the Holocaust, in Hebrew school, we would be trained to look for the signs of another Holocaust, because the Jewish people always believed another one was going to come. Right, right. Signs are here in America. It's just not the Jewish people anymore. It's the Christians. And most Christians don't see it. Some are starting to see it. I mean, with COVID, when churches were were forced to shut down, but strip joints are allowed to be open, people were like, wait, what? In my town, I knew a pastor who was, he was in the building. He's the only one in the building. He was transmitting through radio to people that were parked in their cars, windows up, and even their cars were socially distant because they were parking every other one in distance. And the police gave every car a $1,500 fine, arrested the pastor. And that following week, I decided to go down to see the, the mosque that's right down the street, not too far. And there's a police officer directing people into the mosque on Friday. And I'm like, okay, so the pastor gets arrested for what? For, for breaking law. He was the only one in the building. So people started to see this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we as Christians are not really ready. I, I think that Christians weren't ready when abortion was legalized. Mm-hmm. And it took it took decades for Christians to make good, both biblical and scientific arguments against abortion. And, and it, it seems like that tide is turning. But that took a long time because people weren't prepared for that. And yeah. so... We want to prepare people because I think that for many Christians, it's it's going to be something where they're going to say, wait, what's happening? How, how is this happening in America? Mm-hmm. This is history. This yeah. is nothing new. This Every democracy has collapsed. Every one of them before us has collapsed. It's just an amazing thing that we've lasted as long as we have. Yeah. So that's probably the, the only thing I'm thinking for going, moving forward. That's the one thing I, I, I'd yeah. like to work on. Yeah. Well, God bless you for doing it. That's a that's a big, big <laughs> right challenge. I mean, I hear it on the news all the time. You know, the people that are doing this, you know, are making sure that we're hearing that voice and you know, highlighting, um, you know, the things that were done are being done right now to Christians. That are, you know, we're going. Wait a minute, this is reverse. You know, um, reverse. What is it? Racism, I'm not going to say racism, but it's reverse, you know, and uh, yeah, and I, and well, it is, it is a form of, it's a form, it's a of, form of racism. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah. It's yeah. no I mean, question. What is because people think like somehow if you're Christian, you can't be victimized and it's mm-hmm. wait, what? I mean, you, you watch the news and you sit here and you see how a transgender shoots up a Christian school 
and they make the transgender the victim. Um, yeah. and, and there's people that are going, how could this be? What's happening? But here's the thing. As Christians, we're the ones that have hope. We're the ones that have an answer. Right now, you, you talk about time for Christians to be able to stand up and evangelize. It is the best time mm -hmm. because everybody's afraid. They're either afraid of a virus or socialism. So you have the left and the right. Mm -hmm. And Christians are the only one with the answer that has hope that there is a future that, yes, we've broken God's law and we deserve eternity like a fire, but God Almighty became a man and came to earth and died in our place. There is no better message than that because that's a message of eternal life. And this is the thing so many Christians I'm finding now who watch a lot of news are getting depressed. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I saw this a lot like when Trump lost the election. Yeah. And we, we discussed whether he lost it, whether it was stolen. Okay. But there were so many Christians that were tying everything up to Trump and they were so depressed. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're Christians. Right. I, we're going to live for Christ. I remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. I remember hearing that just that the whole depression and defeatist and, and all that. I, I think my husband succumbed to that a little bit. And I was like, look, life will go on. It's okay. But, you know, let's be cautious moving forward. But it's just, it, it's interesting, you know, that, that, yeah, a lot of people are tied to that kind of a political outcome rather than looking from within, you know, and um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Well, I love what you're doing. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with us. Um, what you're up to. And, you know, I, I can see that, you know, there's glass ceilings for you every single day, everywhere you turn. That <laughs> um, that's one of the things that's so great about God is that he gives these problems for us to solve. You know, it's like, why do I have so many problems? Because you've asked for, you know, the, the ability to help and serve others. So I got to give you problems so that you can overcome that and be better at doing that. Right. And that's, and that's how I always look at it. And, uh, you know, I just love what you're doing. So what would you like to leave us with today? A quote, a poem, a, a thought, uh, what would you like to leave well, us with today? Here'd be the thought. A lot of people, they look at a glass ceiling. They look at a limitation. Many of the limitations we have are self-imposed. Mm-hmm. And people don't think of it that way. People will go, oh, I can't find a good church in my area. Move. Mm -hmm. You can't move. Find someone else and start, you know, start. I mean, like, there's things you could do. Mm -hmm. And the, for many people, we have these self-imposed limitations. Now, there's sometimes there's limitations we can't control. Right. But you can always turn to God. Because if God wants us to do something, he is going to make a way to make that happen. And so we, a lot of it, it means stop looking at ourselves and saying, I can't do this and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And you look at people who had that. There's people throughout history, a uh, Corey Tamboon. Uh, I can't, I, what am I going to do? They're, they're killing these Jewish people in my area. What do I do, Lord? Okay, I'm going to hide them. Okay, I get caught. I'm thrown into a concentration camp. My sister dies. What am I going to do? It's what am I going to do, Lord? Not what, how do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. you, you could look time and time again to people who, many of the people we, we think about is, oh, look at what they've done. It's because they didn't say, oh, I can't do that. They might have said, I don't know how to do that. But for the Christian, it's, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
Daniel can sit in a lion's den with very hungry lions. How do we know they were very hungry? Because when he came out and the other people were thrown in, they didn't even wait for those people to hit the ground before they start tearing them apart. Yeah. Now, do you think Daniel went into the lion's den and said, hmm, how am I going to get myself out of this? Do I climb up? Remember, Daniel was probably in his 80s, if not 90s. He wasn't going to climb up the wall to escape the lions. <laughs> right. And quickly. He, uh, yeah. So what does he do? He says, Lord, what do you want done? And now in that case, the Lord does a miracle. Is he going to do a miracle in our life? Probably not because we don't, we don't see that many miracles in the Bible. I don't think we see that many miracles today. We see God's providence and, and God's providence is what we look to. We look to God and say, Lord, what do you want to do in this? Here's the situation I'm in. Uh, I got in a car accident. I don't know what to do. I don't have money for a new car. Lord, what do you want me to do? I need a way to get to work. Maybe he wants you to carpool with your neighbor to get you close enough to work to walk because he wants you to share the gospel or maybe disciple someone at church on the way to work. There's a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it and says, woe is me, we're going to have that glass ceiling. If we say, Lord, what do you want to do with me? There is no such thing as a ceiling to God. He, he can do whatever he wants. So as long as we're fixated upon God, then we're going to get to serve him and do what he wants. And there won't be a ceiling to have to worry about. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. How can people reach you? What is the best way? You have many ways. We'll have it in the show notes, but what's the best way? The best way is just go to strivingfraternity.org because that's the hub for everything else. Yep. I mean, striving from there, you can find me on eternity. Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, strivingforeternity.org. I just want to do it a little slower. Well, so, all right, let me make it. Let me make it even easier. It's not the. It'll redirect you, but sfe.bible. That stands for striving for eternity. But sfe.bible will get you to to the same site. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. We wish you the best of luck in all the evangelism that you are out there doing and really appreciate that you're taking such a big lead in this um, for, for the, you know, for everybody. I mean, it's for humanity. There's no question about it. So we appreciate that so much. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a, it's a privilege. Of course. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.